Hey, welcome back to Woman Talk to God, WTTG. It's been a minute, y'all. I'm your host, your girl, Sean Owens, and I'm super excited that you have decided to join us for 25 days in December of Making Much of Jesus. We will be hearing some awesome testimonies from both men and women how Jesus is still saving souls. Let's tune in. Hey, friends. Today I have the honor to sit with my bro, Asa Briggs. You guys don't know how excited I am to have him on the podcast. Well, we are about to hear his testimony of how Jesus is still saving sinners like you and me. Welcome to the podcast, bro. Hey, sis. Thank you so much for having me on. Um, I'm excited to be here and uh, to be sitting at the table with you. Look, so, I'm excited to just, yeah. you always, you already know, I love the company, <laughs> man. So I'm ready to hear your exactly. testimony and yeah. how. I already know you're going to make much of Jesus. So Yes, indeed. Yeah. So what was your life like before Christ, bro? I think for me, sis, it was a lot of performance-based acceptance. And Mm -hmm. so my life was really predicated on how well I performed, be it in my family dynamic, be it in school, be it in my relationships. And so I really worked hard to make it seem as though my life was perfect and that I had no inadequacies and no imperfections. And so that performance-based acceptance really sort of led me into a life of just flailing um, internally and not really being able to, to kind of see my way through. And so I just, I did what most people in my position did. And I just, you know, kept white knuckling and kept just trying to uh, muster up the internal courage, if you will, to just kind of keep moving forward. And, um, and I just remember um, me failing my own expectations and then projecting that onto other people and thinking that they thought the same thing about me. So I had this habitual discontentment toward anything that wasn't perfect. Um, if, you know, if my relationships weren't good or, if it, you know, my grades weren't good or anything like that, then I just had um, this doubt and just self-loathing and just beating myself up uh, consistently. Um, and that led to uh, sin um, in ways that I wanted to kind of do patchwork in my own life. And, you know, if I thought, um, is, is this relationship going to make me feel whole and complete? Let me do that. Um, mm-hmm. Is this thing, this new coat or these new shoes that came out, you know, let me let me do this. And so it was just it took me from just place to place of looking for that satisfying feeling. And it never came. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that that was the beginnings of coming to the end of myself. Um, wow. so that's, that's kind of what, I, what, what life looked like for me. Yeah, well, I can totally relate. Perfectionism within itself is just like a weight. I remember yeah. just, and, and very much, um, similar, uh, to relate to that, just having to constantly feel like wearing a mask because yeah. <laughs> yeah. you want to uphold this perfectionism, yeah. um, of what other, other people think of you. Right. Yeah, sure. So for years I wore, wore a mask that's trying to mask it. Yeah. Yeah. And well, it was a and it's a deficit identity. Yeah. And so it never really satisfies. And then mm-hmm. you have the audacity to invite other people into that narrative. Um and, and you you don't you're not even certain of who you are. And then you're expecting other people to kind of come along in that journey. And so we're oh, all sure. on a fool's errand. Yeah. And, um, and so it, it never satisfies. Mm. Yeah. Well, when was that moment where you realized that look, 
I need to really get to know Jesus and stop with my foolishness and yeah. Um, yeah. repent and yeah. yeah. When yeah. did that moment come you to know, me? You know what the odd the odd thing about that, Sean, is that um, that moment came to me when I thought I was a believer. And um, I remember being at a conference um, in Atlanta, Georgia, with the Impact Movement, and um, I was. Uh, maybe a sophomore or a junior in college at that time. And I just remember going to Atlanta with sort of like this duplicity of mindset, if you will. I thought, I'm going to go to Atlanta and hang out with the, the churchy kids for a little bit. And then I'm going to find my way into the streets and figure out how to I spend the new year kind of running around Atlanta. And I remember there was a gentleman by the name of Michele Shaka, and he was from Ghana. And he shared his testimony. And um, his testimony was a very egregious one. And I, and I thought, you know, his dad was like a tribal leader. He was worshiping other gods and, you know, doing all of this satanic stuff. And, and I said to myself, I, I, I'm, I'm not doing that, but I'm doing other things that I know isn't pleasing to the Father. And I just remember the conviction of God and bringing me to himself in that moment. Um, and, and the understanding of God's grace and the gospel uh, sort of kissed me in that moment, if you will. And I realized that my relationship with God was all about self-righteousness and what I could do to keep the checklist. And it was less about the grace of God and the holiness of Jesus to be able to, to satisfy um, the standard of God's holiness and not myself. And so that was the beginning of the chipping away of a self-righteous posture that I had had. Because if you go back to the beginning of my story, when I talked about everything was performance-based, that mindset came into the kingdom as well. And I thought, well, if I'm a good boy, I don't do, I don't have sex anymore. I'm not doing X, Y, and Z that God is, he's, he's really impressed with me. Mm. And so really understanding that Jesus is the only um, means to the father and that Jesus is truly the only one that God is completely satisfied in. And so I had to begin that process of really just deconstructing my own self-righteous posture before the Lord and to realize that I'm not good and that separate and apart from a relationship with Jesus, that I, I, I can't present my own self faultless before the father because of his holiness. So my, all, I'm always going to land shy of that standard of God's holiness. And it wasn't until I saw the person and the work of Jesus and what he had done to submit and to solidify that for me it is when I began to walk um, with the Lord in that way. Um, and as I think about it, it's very sobering because I still have that pharisaical tendency. I still have that Pharisee in me uh, to want to, 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 to try to put my, my resume out there. And mm. God just kind of gently reminds me um, of, of keeping my eyes on Jesus. Uh, because uh, John Piper says it best. He says that God created us so that we can make much of him and not that he could make, should make much of us. And so, you know, having that understanding um, has really sort of softened my heart and really sort of me in a position of security um, that that is apart from any sort of works works based righteousness that I could ever earn. Um, and so and that's the process, you know, on my good day, I get it. And sometimes I still miss that mark trying to, you know, bring up that rap sheet. So it's a process. But the grace of God is what keeps me coming back to the table of fellowship with the father, because I know that he's infinitely um, in love with me, um, never to leave me nor forsake me. And that's a beautiful thing. Mm. Come on, Asa. Yeah. You got me just shaking my head the whole time. Yeah. Talking, bro. Yeah. <laughs> this is good. <laughs> yeah. Man, what would, um, 
what has your life been now since accepting Christ? You know what? It it has not been absent of challenges, and um, you know certainly um, there are things that I struggle with. And I used to be of the mindset that struggle meant a lack of faith, that somehow um, my my struggles were directly tied to the applied to something. And what I'm realizing is that God didn't save me to wash up my works. He saved me so that Ooh. I could, you know, not even be thinking about works and, and abandoning the works-based idea um, and that he would completely and utterly be washing me in the word of God and, and through his son, Jesus, um, until he returns or calls me home. And that's where I'm resting now is that I don't have what it takes. I don't have the, the, the staying power, if you will, uh, to to continue to be a Christian in and of my own self, and so talk about yeah, it. Yeah, I don't I don't have it in me, and I used to try. I, I please mm. believe I did, and so now, sis, what I'm really learning is is that um, salvation is a gift. Ephesians two eight nine talks about that. Uh, for it's by grace that I've been saved through faith, and that that not of myself, but it is the gift of God. At least any man should boast. And so, as of late, my boasting is in Him, because I know that the struggles that I have. And all of these things, it doesn't it doesn't um, put me in a position where I could boast in Asa, because I'm like, at any given moment, I know my thoughts. I know my actions. Come on now. I know the posture. I know all of those. I know my proclivity. And mm. so I know what what I am capable of outside of um, God's love for me. And so if I'm going to put any stock in anything, it's going to be in God's love. And, it's, and it is, you know, um, if Philippians one talks about the work that God has started in me, he's going to be faithful and just to complete that. And so I have to believe that salvation begins and it ends with the father. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. (laughs) So, so yeah, my part to play is really a a posture of receiving and rest. And, Mm. uh, and so I'm really learning what it means to rest after having been one who was just striving, you know, because of all of the, the inadequacies and the insecurities and, you know, things that came along as a result of my upbringing. I just thought that God doesn't doesn't want me to rest. He wants me to keep doing so that he can, you know, look at me and go, good boy, Asa, you're doing great. You know, just keep it up. And he's like, no, the finished work of Jesus wants to seat at the table for you. And you don't have to work Mm -hmm. to receive that. It is a gift. So I'm walking in that gift. And um, some days it feels a little unsettling uh, to a recovering legalist. Um, but I, I'm like, this is the only way because I can't, I can't work myself to a position of favor with the father. He did that through his son, Jesus. Hmm. What scripture would you say right now, um, that you're leaning into or your favorite scripture? Like, I know there's many, (laughs) um, but yeah, what scripture would you say, um, is your go-to? You know, there's a little book in the Bible, um, Jude. And uh, at the end of that is the doxology, and it reads, um, uh, this is verses 24 um, to 25, and it says, Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy, to the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time and now and forever. Amen. So that's what I marvel at. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's, I love the book of Jude. That's one of my favorite yeah. scriptures as well. Yeah. 
just knowing, bro, that like yeah. it's amazing because yeah. we can't keep ourselves. You so can't. It's just no, knowing. No way. It's so. I, no way. Yeah, I, I used to try to do that, and I used to think that that was sort of the the indicator that God loved me is that I I had to keep that law and I had to keep it. And the word is clear in that if you're going to try to keep one part of it, you got to keep all of it. And it's like if you're trying to do that patchwork and, you know, trying to prove yourself and, <clears throat> excuse me, and it just, it doesn't work. And so, and here we talk, we see in, in Jude is that God delights in presenting us blameless before the Father with great joy. Um, not because of, you know, he didn't list off a, a, a list of things that we had to do in order to be presented with great joy. Uh, but he just said, you know, I, I'm going to present you. I'm going to keep you from stumbling. Yes. <laughs> like, I'm going to do that. And so mm. that for somebody who, who has worked most of his life to kind of keep up appearances, that really is a place of rest uh, and a place of peace for me. So, yeah. 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 Well, what would you say to an unbeliever who just heard you share yeah. your testimony? Yeah. And what, you know, how would you encourage them to also put their faith and trust in this Jesus? Yeah. Um, is that the work is done at the cross. And so uh, the invitation is really, uh, it's a lovely one. It's, it's one that doesn't require anything but a faith in a God who's already done the work for you. And so if you're anything like me and you're like, you know, broken and hurt and feeling like you got to do something to kind of better yourself before you come to the Father, don't do that. Come to him as you are. Um, because he knows you, you know, in Psalm 139, he talks about knowing your frame. Um, you know, he knitted you together in your mother's womb. So he knew you before the foundations of the world. So he knew the scars and the pain and the trauma that you'd carry. And he knew what he was getting when he invited you to be a part of the kingdom of God. And so don't rob yourself of the opportunity for unconditional love that comes, that flows from a loving and forgiving father. Um, and so that's what I would say is that if you have questions or if you have any sort of concerns or doubts or feel like your situation is unique um, and that you, you feel like you're, you're too far from grace, you're never too far from grace. So, um, you know, today is the day of salvation. You've heard the good news of Jesus Christ and the word of God tells us not to harden our hearts. And so that's what, you know, my encouragement to the unbeliever would be is that you've heard the gospel today. You've heard from a man who was broken and, and, and in many ways uh, continues to struggle. And, uh, but I found my hope and in, in my internal, e eternal security in the love of the Father and not about myself and my works. And so, um, and I'm telling you, it really does make a difference when you can rest um, with the assurance of knowing that a God who loves you died for you to bring you back into a relationship with him. So he's done the work so we can rest in that. And, um, and, you know, the way that I can do that now is through faith, but then also a community of believers that walk in the same manner, um, that walk in the same you know, faith that I walk in to be able to encourage me. Because there are days when I need to be encouraged, like today. I need to, to share my testimony and be reminded of the goodness of God, because the gospel is not just one instance of where I Come pray on. and then I'm just good. It's like, no, I need to be reminded of the goodness of God on a daily basis basis because I can easily forget that. Um, so it's not a moment in time. It really is a relationship. It's not a transactional thing like, well, if I if I come to God and then everything else is just going to fall in line, oftentimes it's in the, the suffering and in the distress and in the pain and the trauma 
that you grow the most, but you grow within the context of knowing that you have a loving father who loves you and, and wants to present you before the father and before the throne blameless. That's without guilt, without shame, without condemnation because of the work that he's done and not by anything that you've done of yourself. Well, thank you, bro. Thank you so much for taking the time to share your story. Thank you for your transparency. And I'm so glad that Jesus saved you. Me too, because I get to be your bro forever and ever. Forever. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Well, thank you, bro. Yeah, I appreciate you so much. And thank you for what you are doing for women and and for men and just how you are an encouragement to the body and so i thank you for um your obedience to do this and and for you to think enough of me to invite me uh to this conversation so thank you and i love you guys uh, dearly all right we'll talk soon okay Ciao. thank you for tuning in i hope that by listening to this testimony you have been encouraged if you are listening and you are not a believer which means that you have not placed your faith in Jesus, I pray that you realize that you are a sinner in need of a savior. I encourage you to reach out to the person that shared this podcast with you and tell them that you would like to learn more about Jesus. If you are a believer, I encourage you to go tell it. Go tell someone about Jesus. Go and share the gospel. It's all about him. He is our only hope. And I also hope that you would tune in tomorrow as we are making much of Jesus. 